Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. Spirit Life Wednesday, here we are getting started on Familiar Spirit. So, let's open in prayer and get into the Word of God. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your hand, your direction, your guidance. We ask that you would open our ears spiritually, that you would open our eyes, that we would be able to receive your word tonight, that we would grow mature, that we would leave this teaching with knowledge and understanding, that we would be strong, that we would grow in our spirit for the battles that lie ahead. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit teaching and guiding every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, so what is a familiar spirit? Good question. So there's a biblical definition, and then there's definitions of what we in the church world are used to saying a familiar spirit is. And so we want to look at biblically. The word is a Latin word that means household servant, okay? So that's where we're getting that from. It's like a household servant. And basically, and I'm not saying this is a great in-depth study, just giving you some foundation here on a familiar spirit, where it came from and the idea behind it, is mediums would use these familiar spirits, in other words, a spirit that they had familiarness with. They knew them, right, like a servant, and that's how they would talk to other spirits. And so the word familiar spirit is in the King James version of your Bible, some in the New Kings, but all of the King James. The New King James, the... Uh, NASB, a lot of change that word to um, a different meaning of that. Some of them say that it is for people who talk to the dead. It uses different words. And we'll look at translations tonight in that. But I want you to understand that it is used in the King James Version of your Bible nine times. And we can put all those verses down. We'll look at a couple tonight, not all of them, because we really want to focus on what are they, are they in your life, how they get in your life, how to handle them with your life, what the Bible says about them, and, you know, how to maneuver yourself spiritually through all this. And, again, you're going to read it in your version. It's probably going to say a medium or a source or something like that in your translation. not sure what you're, li- you're reading. Uh, follow along with me. But in the New King James, most of it is familiar spirit. In all the, the original King James, it is familiar spirit. Uh, and almost all modern translations have moved it uh, to a different wording. But that's where familiar spirits come from. So, Let's look at one example here in Leviticus 19. Again, it's nine times in the King James Version of your Bible, uh, and we can list those scriptures there if you want. But we want to just put a background of the Bible where the term familiar spirits come from. Okay, So this is why we're doing right now. This is called the foundation to make sure that we're not talking about something that isn't in your Bible. It's important to know it's in your Bible. So in Leviticus 19, verse 31, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them. Do not be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, this is the King James Version. Deuteronomy 18, verse 10. There should be found uh, none among you that maketh his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or that use divination or reserve of times, or an enchanter or a witch, in verse 11, or a charmer or a counselor with familiar spirits or a wizard and so on and so on and these are abomination to god so this is where 
we get the teachings of familiar spirits. Okay, they're coming out of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament in your Bible, and we apply them into most people a little bit wrong in their teaching of it, but still it is a biblical thing. There are spirits that are familiar with people. And we want to make sure, it's important, we want to make sure that we really ground ourselves in understanding what is of God and what is not of God when it comes to spirits. Because there's only three possibilities or three realms of existence. You have God, you have Satan, and you have the natural, right? what we live in, the natural. There is no fourth. There is no just ghost or there is no just nothing. It is either of God, of the enemy, or natural. There's not a, a fourth one. And a lot of people want to make this friendly gray area, but they're simply not. God, it's Satan, or it's the natural. That's how we are created. This is how we live. So, you know, you can step on a lot of toes with people who go to fortune tellers, mediums, psychics, different things like that. But the reality of it is you're either getting your information from God through the Holy Spirit or from doctrine of demons, which would be what we are talking about tonight of familiar spirits. And so I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians verse 11. I'm trying to go nice and slow tonight to get this foundation solid and clear because we want to make sure it's very important when studying things in the Bible that you get a good foundation before you move forward. Now, for all of you seers out there or prophetic people that uh, you might see or you might hear or know, this is really important because what's really important for all of us. But it's it's really important for those that have that gift because you want to make sure what you're seeing or hearing is of God, not a familiar spirit. It's very interesting how many people are deceived in teachings about what is a God, and simply it's not God, okay? So we have angels we know, we have demons, we have principalities in Ephesians, uh, we have rulers, we have wickedness in high places. So we have a, a list in Scripture of different kind of angels, different kind of demonic powers. We have demons. It's all in your Bible. It, it's not that difficult to do a study on it. It takes some time, but it's important to understand there is spiritual realms out there. Whether you believe in this or not, there simply is. It's not just a charismatic belief. It is a biblical belief. There are spiritual realms out there. There's God, angels, Holy Spirit. There's Satan, demons, principalities, powers, rulers, and high places. And then there's the natural that that we live in. So some of the teachings of what we tell people are angels, their sense of humor, uh, they'll come up and tell jokes or you someone will have a I don't know, like an angel they know by name and brings them sermons and stuff. Now, you got to be really careful about those kind of teaching. Now, I'll explain to you why. One, we are in a different dispensation, a different covenant with God, a different time, right? We are in the grace of the Holy Spirit and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Angels are still have assignment. They still protect us. They still do the work. They still have assignments from God. But Nine out of 10 times, nine out of 10, the Holy Spirit is what's going to guide and lead you, not an angel. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. Your number one connection to God in hearing, in visions and dreams, and if you're prophetic and you're seeing and you're understanding of these things, are going to be led through the Holy Spirit, not through angelic visitations. It's really important because in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Now, this is Paul saying, we've got people out there who are pretending to be something. They're not. Okay, They're not apostles. They're 
They're not these people. All right? In verse 14, and no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Now, really listen to verse 15 here. Therefore, it's not surprising if his ministers also disguise themselves as ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. Now, we're very clear in Scripture that even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, and therefore it's not surprising if his ministers, in other words, those who work for him, are also disguising themselves as ministers of righteousness. So there is a disguise, which means it's not obvious. It's, it's not plain. It's a disguise. There are people, unfortunately, they are deceived. All right. Uh, and I know we don't want to talk about this, but they're in the church. They're in the church and they are deceived and they are working as what we believe would be a man or a woman of God. And they're not. They're disguised. In other words, they have a appearance. They're a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm sure you've heard that expression. But Paul's saying it this way. Satan disguised as an angel of light. So I tell people, be very, very, very careful of following angels, of following people who say, an angel told me. Listen, I know that God still uses angels. It's in our Bible. We know, aren't they, his uh, flaming messengers, right? His servants of fire. So we know he's got angels in scripture still to this day. However, the assurance of knowing is we test every spirit. We test every spirit. Scripture tells us test every spirit to see whether it's of God or not. So if you ask an angel, if you ask a vision, if you ask uh, into what you believe was something God gave you prophetically or even in a sense of a dream or an open vision or a closed vision in that realm of the supernatural, if you ask in that place, is this from God? Are you from God? In other words, testing that spirit. And I know a lot of you will say, well, they don't last long enough to test them. Well, then that's a pretty good evidence. It's not God. In other words, God is not secret. God doesn't hide in dark places. God doesn't need uh, to shadow shift or be where you don't know where he is. He's He's not scared of anything. He's not threatened by anything. So God will appear and God will answer and God will talk to you. Think about the visions in the Bible that people had with God. Uh, they would argue in a prison cell, like, are, are you really an angel, right? Uh, they would argue on a rooftop. God put the sheet down. I mean, God is not intimidated by us or by the supernatural realm. If he's giving you a vision, it's God. It won't go away. So people with prophetic gifts, you know, a lot of what I hear is, well, if I look away or if I'm not really concentrated, it goes away. Well, listen, I understand in the beginning it may take some discipline and maturity on your part to stay in that presence of God. But if it's God, it will not go away. You don't have to hunt for it. You don't have to look everywhere because if it's God, he's God. He's very proud of being God. All the glory, all the honor goes to God. So in a room, God manifests. You will know, the room will know, everyone will know God is there. He's there. So if it's an angel that is actually of Satan, but disguised as an angel of light, when you confront it or when you talk to it, it's not going to be able to answer you. It's going to run. It's going to disappear. And then we get these really quick little short visions of stuff. And uh, we make doctrines of them where we have angels that hang out with us and they're our friends and they move stuff on tables and they just mess with us. And, you know, be careful of that. That's my advice to you. Be careful of that stuff. Angels aren't just leaving their abode in heaven. They're not just leaving their assignments in heaven to come down and 
play checkers with you or, or mess around with you or tickle you. And I, I know a lot of people believe this, and I'm not saying it can never happen, right? Angels, God, sovereign of God, he can do whatever he wants to do. For the most part, the safe part is to judge it in scripture of John 10, 10, right? For the enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy, and God's come to give life and give life more abundantly. And so if it's life and life more abundantly, it's got to produce life and life more abundantly in your life. Confusion is not life and more abundantly. Not understanding the vision or not understanding what you're looking into or giving a word without a clarification and real instructions is not bringing life. It's bringing confusion. It's bringing, I don't know, doubt and questions. That's not God. God's not the author of confusion, right? He is sound. God is direct. He understands. He's, he knows what he's doing. He's bold, blunt, direct. That's God. So you hear a word or you hear a vision and it's iffy, wishy-washy, I don't know, I feel maybe coulda, kindas. That's not a great outward sign of it being a real, true revelation, a vision, a word from God. Now, I got to say this because it's important. It can be a lack of maturity on the person that's using their gift because maybe they're not uh, as well trained or seasoned in it yet, and they're not there. So I know you're saying, well, Jason, you just said we use this as a test, and now you're saying it could be the evidence of it. But even in the immaturity or not a well-seasoned prophetic word or vision or dream, there's still enough clarity for God to announce God. Because you got to remember this. It's not you doing it. This is God giving this vision or God giving this dream. And if God's giving a vision and God's giving a dream, God's going to make sure the person that was intended to get it gets it beyond your ability. Now, I know you've heard me say this a million times, but he used a donkey. So if he can make a donkey clear, he can make immaturity and unseasoned people clear as well. Following me? So we want to make sure we've grasped Satan disguises his workers as angels of light. Can't always go by that. So we know there's familiar spirits that mediums and sorcerers, not really a popular thing, a word around here, but it is in some parts of the world. Uh, but we would say more of psychics, fortune tellers. Uh, they would have a familiar spirit that they operate out of, and they're used to that spirit coming to them. This is the other way we talk about familiar spirits. The first way in Scripture is a spirit uh, that was like a servant or a closeness that a medium would use to pull back and forth, okay? And so this is the first way. When you write down, we're going to write down with you. We're going to write down the first example of it is a friendly or a knowing spirit. In other words, friendly as in you know them. They're your, they're your buddy, and you should never do this, but they're your buddy because you're a fortune teller or a psychic. Bad news, don't do it. But unfortunately, we know this is a real thing. Happens in the world, right? So they have what they uh, would consider their friend or their their channel, their, their access point into the supernatural. Now, it's not a different spirit every time because that would take time. But once one grabs them and they become relationship with them and it's an angel of light, now they're assigned a demonic spirit to help them deceive people. Okay, now listen, they're assigned a demonic spirit to help them deceive people as we are given the Holy Spirit to help us guide and lead people in all truth, in all knowledge of Jesus Christ. Satan always copies. He's a copier, right? So he takes demonic entities and spirits and gives them to people who are asking for them. They're asking. They want them, right? They want them. These fortune tellers, psychics, they want this. They want that power. They're not being forced. They want it. They're encouraging it. Like we want the Holy Spirit and we read our Bible and we pray and we fast and we seek God. 
they're doing the same, not all the same, but their kind of thing for to get that spiritual attachment and get it strong, right? They want to be accurate. They want to be strong. So they have a familiar spirit that enters into the supernatural realm. And what happens when he enter in there is that one demon, demonic spirit, can talk to other demons. And we're going to look at that here in a minute in scripture. They can talk to other demons. So it shouldn't shock you that one demon could tell another demon something accurate about a person because we are surrounded by the supernatural realm. That's more real than the natural. No time to get into it tonight, but it, trust me, it's more real. That's where we end up. That's our actual destination when we lose these bodies. So we have where a demon will talk to another demon and tell the psychic something, and they will be able to communicate it back and forth. We don't have time to get into how all that works. Tonight, remind me in the comments or something, we'll get into it. But there is a very realness of demons talking to each other. I want you to go look at this with me uh, because this is important. Okay, It's very important. So in Acts 19, verse 14, now the seven sons of one named Sceva, a Jewish uh, a Jewish chief priest, was doing this. Okay, They were going around. I'm sorry, we should start in 13, uh, but also some of the Jewish exorcists. That's who they were. They were casting out demons uh, and trying to cast out evil spirits by the name of Jesus, saying, I implore you by the name Jesus, who Paul preaches. And in uh, 14, there are some of these doing them, seven sons. And in verse 15, the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And so understand this. They are talking to each other. They're talking to each other. These spirits talk to each other. They've known Jesus. They know Paul, but who are you? In other words, they haven't heard about you yet. They, they don't know who you are. So we know the demoniac, when he got delivered, the demon, the first thing he says, what, what do you hear? It's not my time yet. So they, they recognize in the supernatural, us in the supernatural, and also us in the natural. So remember that. They talk. They absolutely talk. And when he goes with me to Acts 16, verse 17, right? Same thing, following Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, these men are the bondservants of the Most High who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she did this for many days, but Paul was annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And in that very minute, it came out of her. And the lady lost her gift. And, you know, they got thrown in jail because everybody, the owner was mad. And what happened? Well, that spirit was saying angel of light stuff, right? These are the men that are most high. Absolutely biblical. Absolutely true. There are very clear biblical examples of familiar spirits talking to each other knowing I know Jesus and I know Paul. So if they know about you, say, in a psychic or a fortune teller or a medium, it's not, you know, a, this great miraculous thing. They talk. That's the that's the answer of the deepness of how does it work. The demons talk. That's how it works. How can they say in church and be an angel of light? Well, right here, they, they are. They're saying these are the men of the Most High God. I mean, that's 100% accurate. They are the men of the Most High God. This is biblically true, biblically grounded, biblically easy to prove. Paul is of God. Nothing's wrong there. Well, uh, demons can't quote scripture. Well, they absolutely can. Absolutely they can. Why can't they? Right? They can read something. I mean, they're able to do these things. So don't get shocked that a fortune teller, a psychic, or someone can, uh, you know what I mean, read your mail, give you a word. But here's what it's going to miss. Okay? It's going to miss the power of God that transforms your life 
or brings deliverance. In other words, it's going to kill, steal, and destroy. It's not going to bring life and life more abundantly. It simply cannot because there's no life in it. There's there's no life in it, so it cannot bring it. The second way with familiar spirits that a lot of you are familiar with, and write this down, is that you know them. I mean, they know you, but you know them. Okay, A, a lot of people have been tormented uh, with fear or addictions or uh, different things in your life. Maybe you were in a cult and you got delivered from it, or you were in this and that and you got out. And say you're you're watching a movie or you're listening to something or you're at a service or, or somewhere, and you notice, you just notice something's not right. Something feels off. Maybe, you know, some people say, I feel like my hair is staying up. But you're like, oh, there's something in the room. What your experience is that you are around something that you are familiar with. You personally are familiar with. Now, uh, I had uh, a 13-year torment that the Lord delivered me from. So when I am in an environment where that spirit is operating within someone, I'm I can quick to sense it because... I'm familiar with its, um, its, you know, like its DNA. It's not the right word. It doesn't have DNA, but you know what I mean. With its characteristics, its attitude, its smell, its the way it operates. So I, I can I can pick it up quick because oh, uh, unfortunately, I recognize that. There's, you know what I mean by that, right? So if you were tormented with addiction or with uh, lust or different things or anything, you call it and you get around it. Like we say, triggers in the natural, but in the supernatural, it's like oh. I recognize that. And sometimes it brings massive fear to people's life because it still holds a power over you because of the amount of power it had over you your whole life, right? So if it tormented you to the point of massive torment of anxieties and, and you know, destruction and almost killing yourself through it, you get around after you get delivered, there's a sense of, oh, I remember, I don't like that. I don't, because you got to remember, the enemy is like a roaring lion looking who he can devour. What does that mean? It means he's walking around, not necessarily just Satan, but also demons. Spirits are looking for someone to devour. Well, the easiest place for a demon to devour someone is in the home they left. And that's why Matthew says, when we cast out a demon, clean and sweep the house. And if we don't fill it, the demon goes to get seven times more wicked spirit and returns and a person's worse off than they were before. That doesn't mean if you sin again, though I would encourage you not to. It means if you get deliverance and you don't get born again, you don't put the spirit of God to fill the house, then you're open for an attack because the enemy doesn't want to be in dry ground. He wants to come back to where there's life because he needs your life to have life. Outside of you, he's got nothing. So that's the draw to you is that you offer a living vessel. Again, we don't have time to get into it, but great teaching into why they hate the dry areas. So, in all this teachings of, of where we're, we're going in this structure of familiar spirits and how and why they want to come back to you, when we get delivered and we get filled, they will come back and, and roar, like a roaring lion, roar and roar and roar, and try to get back in because, I mean, that's their assignment. They want to get in. I, I can't prove in Scripture, nor do I 100% believe that there are demonic entities or spirits that have a assignment directed towards one person, one person only. I, I can't give you that certainty scripturally or by my own belief, but there's a tinge, a hint, a little bit of me thinks, well, there is a possibility that there are given assignments from birth. Now, scripturally, we could go back and forth and debate all this, but the point of it is it's not uncommon when you get delivered for a familiar spirit to try to harass his way back into your life or scare his way back into your life. So we have familiar spirits that operate in the sense of 
people want the spirit, right? Fortune Tower, Psychus, it's familiar. It's their way, their channel into the supernatural realm. And then we have ones that God frees from us, and we just familiar, like like familiar. We know them because we had them. Now, both these, you don't want any parts of. But how do you overcome them? Well, we know we overcome them with Jesus Christ. We know we overcome them by the Lord rebuke you. It's not our fight. Jesus won on the cross. You simply, in Jesus' name, you rebuke it. Don't let your mind take these things. Don't let your imagination grab these things. Don't give them any place in your mind. Take every thought captive to the obedience of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Do not let this stuff sit in your mind. Don't let it sit there. Don't don't excuse a vision or a dream uh, that you can't clearly pinpoint as God. Don't give it a place into your memory. Don't give it a place into your conscience. Don't give it a place into your, your index of spiritual positionings, in other words, like in a Rolodex, don't do not do that, okay? If you can't define it as God, then you take that dream or you take that thought captive and you crush it. You bring it to obedience to the knowledge of God. You rebuke the attack. You, you rebuke the enemy trying to roar you. You don't take the roar at face value and just say, well, he's going to roar. No, no, you you bring, you know, everything is in you, the, the power of heaven down through you and you demand of yourself, I'm not saying of God, of yourself that you don't entertain into the spiritual tug of war with this stuff. You demand of yourself to be biblical and be grounded and say, no, the Lord rebuke you. I'm out of it, right? The Lord rebuke you. So if you're having visions of demons and visions of evil things all the time, there's no God in it. You need to rebuke those thoughts out of your mind and you need to pray and ask God, why is there an open channel into this realm uh, that I'm seeing that I don't want to see? Why is there an openness? Is there a familiar spirit that that I'm leaning on, right? That I'm leaning on instead of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has requirements. The Holy Spirit, I know, listen, his name's holy. It says a lot right there in the name, right? Holy Spirit. Familiar spirits have zero requirements. They, they don't care because their goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. They don't, they don't really ask you to do anything. You don't need to submit. You don't need to serve. You don't need to give. You don't need to love. You don't, they don't need anything. They don't care where or what or why. They just want to hurt people. So they don't really care what the vessel's doing. The Holy Spirit, you got to have the blood of Jesus over your life. You need to be a born again, a new creation. Uh, and you also have to follow of whose you belong to, the kingdom model of living, the kingdom model of being a child of God, you know, a son or daughter. So You've got to really step back. It's hard to do because a lot of people in the first time you see or you're you're using your prophetic gift, you're using your insight into something and you're praying and, and you see all demons and all negative stuff, that shouldn't be your normal. That's not how we operate, okay? We operate in seeing the things of God. Now, you might see the things that are not of God because they're in the way of God manifesting the things of God in someone's life. Give you an example. You're giving someone a word and you look at them and you're seeing the stuff that God wants to do. He's going to call them in ministry. He's going to move them here, prosper them. This is going to happen. Oh, here's a thing in the way. That's how you should see them, a thing in the way. And you rebuke the thing in the way. That's not your only vision. That's not your only word. Are you following me? That's not your only thing. You just don't, I see a demon standing in a corner. For what purpose? For For what reason? God would not just show you a demon in the corner. If he shows you it, it's because you're supposed to rebuke the thing. You're supposed to remove the thing from your household or from 
the ministry, church, whatever it is God's shown you. It's not just to say, wow, look at it. There's never a wow, look at reason of anything that's not of God. There's never a reason to entertain familiar spirits. And the hardest one for people who have picked up a familiar spirit, whether you went to a conference or you went to a teaching or a book, uh, or you know you yourself were just desperate and you cried out and, and something answered, one of the hardest things to do is get rid of that because it's going to fight. It's going to. It's not going to want to leave. It's going to want to keep its ground because it's like a leech. It's just sucking your lifeblood from you. It's taking your gift from you. It's using your God-given creative ability and it's taking its dead, rotten, diseased, nothing ability and stealing the life out of you to give itself power. Well, that's a hard prayer. You're going to need some help to get rid of that. I'm not saying Jesus can't remove that instantly, but that's just the beginning. Once you remove that instantly off your life, you've got to retrain You know, the renewing of your mind. You've got to be able to press in and not let that dangling carrot, the tug of rope, you know, thrown at you, uh, lure you back into the, what we would say, the world would say, the easy route of non-submission, non-biblical living in order to have what we seem as a form of godliness, but denying his power, right? I know it's a lot. I should probably end because this was a lot of teaching in 30 minutes. So I want to make sure I, I want to end with this and, and remind me, well, can get, we can go on this for weeks and just break this apart and dissect it into more and more of it if you want. If you'd like, just comment here or uh, text out or reach out to the ministry. But we want to make sure the most important part of this teaching is to understand they are real. And there are people, unfortunately, who use them in psychics, fortune-telling mediums, but also angels of light in the church, not outside the church. In the church, they say all the right stuff, do all the right stuff, but they're not. They're 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 working for Satan. It's not God. Really need to have your guard up. It's important, especially for those of you who are spiritual. And what do I, what do I mean by that? I don't mean religious people. I mean spiritual people who believe in all the gifts, all the manifestation of the Spirit. And the reason why a lot of people don't believe in all the gifts and all the manifestations simply it's easier and less scary for them, and there's not as much risk because you're not going to get hurt not believing in anything. I believe it would be hurt in a different way, but different teaching. Amen. And so for those of us who believe in prophecy, who believe in visions and dreams and healings and deliverance and raising the dead and speaking in tongues and all these things that God has for us, you know, there that comes at a cost of making sure we're not being deceived, making sure we're not following an angel of light, making sure we're not following a familiar spirit. And finally, and making sure the one that has plagued you or harassed you, make sure you don't give it a place. You don't give it a place. So I'm going to leave you with this. You have a vision, look into it. Ask of it what it is. If there's no answer, rebuke that thing. Rebuke it all day, every day. Rebuke it. Well, what if it's God, Jason, rebuking God? Well, one, you can't rebuke God. And if it's God, it's going to come back and come back and come back and come back. You can't get rid of it. Trust me, God will get through our immaturity. Myself included and everyone, God will get through it. If it's God, it will be clear and understand and bring life. I test every vision, every word, every spiritual thing, whether I give it or I hear someone give it uh, or someone sends me a video. Here's what I test it with. Does it kill, steal, and destroy? Or does it bring life and life more abundantly? I know it sounds like, wow, that's really easy. Well, no, it's very deep. It sounds easy, but it's very deep because what we can see as life could also be seen in the reality of spiritualness of death and killing and destroying. We take things that feel good at face value 
A lot of it is because we don't have the discipline to submit ourselves to the authority of Christ. And, and that's a great teaching that hopefully we get to it sometime. But we've got to make sure it is important to us to understand there is a very real spiritual world out there, very real, that people are, are using its power in the obvious psychics, fortune telling, medium, stuff like that. But then there is also the very real, they are in angel of light clothing, disguise, very hard to see. These are the men of the most high. These are the men. And you got to understand, demons know what's going on. Jesus, why are you here? It's not time yet. They knew their time. And he said, it's not time. Right? Okay. I know Jesus. I know Paul, but I don't know you. I mean, they talk. So don't be shocked that there is a, a lie of truth in the demonic. That's all it can be. Because Satan is the father of lies. So everything he says is a lie. He's the liar from the beginning, a liar all the time. So there's, a, there's some truth in his lies. But that truth in his lie is still a lie at the heart of it. Remember that. Jesus has come to give his life and give his life more abundantly. Satan has come to kill, steal, and and destroy. So that's my teaching. I hope you're blessed by it. I want to pray with you before we wrap this up. Uh, I listen, listen to it a couple times. If you have questions, reach out. You can email us, you can text us, you can go to our website, hit contact, you can Facebook. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. We want to help you with it. Uh, but TJ's and Price, Power for Freedom, Ministry, Spirit, Life. I want to pray with you before we go. But thank you for sharing the videos and comments. Thank you for YouTube subscriptions and the podcast. We just can't thank you enough for. Uh, how you're blessing us in this ministry and keep up with us because we're all over the place. God has been growing us and it's been amazing and keep up and let me pray with you. uh, And then we'll sign off here and uh, you can go listen to it again, spend some time with God, pray and really evaluate the things in your life you're listening to and your dreams and your visions and all this good stuff. Get it all right with God, get the right direction, go through the process. It might be a little bit more work and take a little bit more time, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Here at the end, well done. Well done. Not depart from me. I didn't know you. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this teaching. We ask that it would resonate into our hearts, our minds, our souls. It would just dip us in your anointing of understanding. That we would have absolute clarity. We would see clear and hear clear of what is in our life familiar, what is of you, what is not of you, how this all operates and works. And God, that you would give us the tools to be able to dive in and dissect this stuff in our life and get on the right path with you. We rebuke every lie, every demonic attack, every single assignment of the enemy that has been placed against your children. Father, we pray for an absolute deliverance and freedom and removing. And God, for those that are free, that they would, having done all, that they would stand. Uh, that they would hold on to the truth of God and not let that roaring lion make them believe he's back. Not let them pick up that tug rotor, grab that dangling care, but they would say, no, who the sun sets free is free indeed, and I am free. I'm not grabbing this. I'm not playing this game. And Lord, I thank you for the angels of light to be exposed in our lives, that we may see them for who they really are. And Father, we pray that you would bring a mercy and a grace to those that are deceived tonight, that you would Bring yourself to them. Give them the opportunity to turn from their wicked ways, to turn from their ways, God. And we pray for all the prophetic people, the seers and the knowers and the hearers and the doers and uh, those that have those revelatory gifts, God, 
and that you would increase that gift in a pureness and with an anointing that's tangible, that right now, wherever they're watching us from, hearing us from, listening, whatever it is going, that God, they would feel your anointing tonight and you would guide and direct them with your Holy Spirit and lead them into all truth. We thank you, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Again, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministry, Spirit Life. You can go to our website, find out everything you need to know. Uh, you can partner with us. You can give. You can share, listen to resources. It's a great place to go. Uh, also, comment, share the videos again. Subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel. And thank you very much. God bless. God bless. Good night. Have a nice evening. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at God bless.